Yeah. So, how is uh, how's it been? How how are things with the the inner fire and all that fun stuff? Yeah, yeah. It's been it's been a journey this summer, man. Because um, in some ways, we've been reinventing uh, just what that podcast, uh, what the community for it looks like, and then on a personal level. You know, welcoming a new child into the world throws your personal life into an inner fire of sorts, too. So uh, it's it's been kind of a crucible, but a lot of really good stuff, obviously, too. So, uh, yeah, it's um, I, I don't even know where to start with all of it, honestly, because it's it's definitely felt like a lot. Maybe that's the place to start is that when there are so many moving parts, it's tough to get your bearings straight. Yeah. And and that's been something that. You know, when, when our daughter was born, I, I did the dumb thing. I started a business. <laughs> and was, so it was like, oh yeah, I don't have sleep. Let's make really long life decisions. At least you got something to do while you can't sleep. Right. So <laughs> exactly, exactly. And that, that was the thing. Everyone was telling you, you know, try to get sleep while you're, you know, when the baby's sleeping, you should be sleeping. It was like, no, I, I can't sleep. It doesn't really work. It doesn't that way. always. At yeah. some point, you get so exhausted that you can't help but sleep while they're asleep, but it takes a while to get there, and then your body kicks into some weird overdrive, and you never quite get it back, but that's okay. I definitely get that. Let's uh, let's do this. Just because we are recording and we're hoping to, to make a podcast episode of this, uh, why don't you let everyone know a little bit about who you are and, and what you sure. do? Sure. Yeah. My name is Andrew. And I live in Colorado Springs, in the center of America, God's country, some might say, because we're about as close as you get to the Rockies without actually being in them. So the view from pretty much everywhere in town is just insane. Um, and I do. I run a podcast called The Happy Hearthstone, which is the longest running Hearthstone podcast. It's a very community centric uh, podcast. They're Obviously, like more podcasts today than ever before, but one of the things that I love that's really unique about it, which actually you and I share, KJ, is kind of the format that uh, I'm the only uh, concurrent host on the show, and then I uh, I get a bunch of different people from the community to come on and get a bunch of, for the sake of very different perspectives, so that's, that's one big thing I think we have in common for the conversations that we're creating and stuff. Mine is really an open invitation for anybody who just enjoys the game and wants to have a conversation about something around it, and so we get people who have never been on a podcast or gotten behind a mic professionally or even semi-professionally. I don't know if we can call it professionally, but... Um, but yeah, so it's a, uh, it, it very much is like a, just get people together, get very different perspectives and talk about, uh, the one thing that we all have in common, uh, which is, which is that game. And then in my, uh, full-time job, I do digital marketing for a book and curriculum publisher here in town. And I've been, I, I've been technically a digital marketer for just over two years now. 
Um, before that, I actually have a ministry background. I worked for churches and different ministries across the country and ended up in roles where I did a lot of communication things because communication's kind of always been my forte. And that ended up uh, taking forms of writing emails or doing social media and stuff like that. So uh, when we were moving back to Colorado, uh, I saw this role for a digital marketer and thought, well, I kind of have done that. And they were willing to take a chance on me. And uh, now I'm just kind of continuing to learn that sphere and everything. You know, taking chances on people is something that I wish more people could say. You know, Mm -hmm. I feel like there is such a... There's such an opportunity to bring in people from non-traditional backgrounds. I come from a non-traditional background okay. uh, as far as development goes and marketing because uh, I am technically an e-commerce specialist, but uh, my job nowadays is more uh, develop. I always tell people it's like one of two things, your choice. It's either marketing for developers or development for marketers. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's kind of your choice. Uh, I I do both sides of that coin. But one of the things that you mentioned uh, is that the Happy Hearthstone podcast is the oldest podcast. And I know you're the third Hearthstone podcast host that I've had on the show. Uh, Shout out to Wicked Good and Ridiculous Hat for, you know, coming onto the show and being so awesome. And I know those are Really, I know those are two uh, people in in your community as well. Uh, But the Happy Hearthstone podcast wasn't originally your idea. You you kind of adopted that role. Go in go into detail about how you came into that position. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty it's a pretty cool story actually. So the guy who founded the podcast, his name was Josh Augustine. And he uh, he started it. He had been thinking about doing a podcast uh, for a while. He'd been a big game aficionado. I think at the time he was working. Um, oh gosh, I think it was EverQuest. I think he was working on their like uh, game design side. And so big time gamer, full time role, all that kind of stuff. And had always been a huge Blizzard fan, um, especially World of Warcraft. So when they announced Hearthstone uh, way back when, I think it was 2014, somewhere around there. Uh, no, that's way too early. I have no clue when it was, but <laughs> so my apologies. <laughs> but when they announced it, he uh, he got on a mic that day, I think, or maybe the day after, and just decided, I'm going to try and be one of, if not the first... Technically, he wasn't the first. Some guy got on like their phone and recorded a, a two-minute segment or something and beat him to it on an RSS feed. But um, but he got on and they didn't end up really doing anything. So he couldn't say he was the first technically, but he could say that he was the longest running. So uh, so he started the show. Everything that I said about having the community involved and having different people on the show, that's kind of what he had always wanted. And so I, uh, I started playing Hearthstone back in, I want to say it was 2000. I, you can tell how good I am with timeframes. It was 2014 for sure. So, um, so the game actually probably was 2013. It was uh, released anyway, 2014, I started playing and just fell in love with the game very quickly. I didn't have any friends who played the game. And so what do you do when you have a passion for something and no one else around you does? 
you go and find a podcast. And the Happy Harson was actually one of the ones I started listening to and really enjoyed it. Heard that he had an open mic invitation and thought, well, I've done public speaking stuff for a while. I've I actually uh, majored in audio production in college and did some radio stuff. So I thought, well, I'm not like the least qualified person to ever get on there. So maybe he'd have me. So I, I asked him if I'd come on the show. He said, sure. Um, I went on and did an episode. I think it was 45 or something like that on the show and um, had a great time. And then it was a uh, somewhere a little less than a year later I had enjoyed it so much that I thought, um, I thought, man, it would be really cool to start something like that. And uh, through an even longer story, ended up meeting a couple of other players who who really wanted to start a Hearthstone podcast too. And we started one called Villains Chosen, which is still around today. I did that for about a year, a year and a half, and then uh, randomly, Josh Augustine sends me an email and says, "Hey, this is really weird. I know it's unexpected." I am not going to be able to do the show anymore. And I'm wondering if you'd be interested in taking it over. Uh, no pressure or anything like that. We were talking about taking risks. He had had me on the show one time and was like, you know, he seemed like he knew what he was doing and he he could be really good at this. So, um, so I, I come to find out he actually got a job at working at Blizzard, who's the company that makes Hearthstone. They also make World of Warcraft. So he uh, he became quest designer for them and just thought it's probably time. I probably shouldn't be doing a podcast about a game that my employer creates. So he passed off the reins to me in 2017. Uh, and I started doing the show then. I, I had to leave my crew at Valence Chosen, but uh, to take on the mantle and carry on the torch for a show that has quite a legacy was huge. And honestly, like so much of what the show had always been was why I always listened to it, why I loved it. So it was a really, it was a very natural handoff in a lot of ways, I think, because uh, Josh and I think similarly about creating content for a community. And, you know, we don't necessarily care about the glitziest polish. We want it to sound good. We want it to be professional, <laughs> but we care more about the heart behind what's happening. And uh, so that's really been something that's been very important. So yeah, that's kind of the story from there to here. Uh, there's even more that happened in my in my time. The show had been uh, kind of hosted by a podcast network and that podcast network uh, halted existing. They were very generous and gave me all rights to the show. So I kept doing that. Um, that's where the Patreon came into account. And I continue to try and think creatively about what it means to push the envelope for connecting people, really helping people to grow in the game, because I believe that uh, you have more fun when you know what you're doing in the game. That's not necessarily true of every game, but I think with Hearthstone, you can throw some cards around and have a good time. But if you really know what you're doing and feel confident, there's some there's a level that kind of just harnesses in you that's like, man, I, I can really do this. And it's uh, it, it, uh, that's no small part uh, due to community and due to content and stuff like that. So. Uh, yeah, that's the that's the Reader's Digest version or the really long essay. I don't know which, but uh, you asked me that question, I'll go on forever. <laughs> oh no, that, it was it was a perfect answer, and and you talked about some games are better when you know what you're doing. Yeah, yeah Hearthstone is definitely one of those games, and and again, this is a developer podcast. Anyone that's listened to this show knows I don't limit my conversations to just developers. I bring all different uh, folks in to talk about what they're passionate about because I feel like I'm I'm technically not a developer by trade. So if I'm qualified to lead a developer-focused podcast, then us talking about Hearthstone has to glean something that 
will benefit the developer community. And, and I do believe that. Uh, but one of the things that you mentioned was the heart behind what's happening. And, and that's one of the things that I really enjoy about the Happy Hearthstone podcast. It's in the name. It, it's the Happy Hearthstone. It's not the always aggravated at Hearthstone. <laughs> it's not the, you know, I'm going to throw my phone against the wall Hearthstone. You don't need you know, me to get there. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know, it, it, it has been a game that I've only been playing for a year now. Not, not even a year. I don't think, I think I'm like, 10 or 11 months into it. I started playing when my daughter was born around the same time I started a business you because you have all the time Lots in the world for things, in. right? <laughs> I know. But the thing that gets me is that the community has been, we'll say not the happiest. Um, and it, I feel like it goes in swings and there's a bunch of negativity around it. And I, I think that happens in a lot of different communities um, on a global scale, yeah. whether you're talking about uh, people in a certain leadership position in a tech and, you know, in the tech role, people uh, you're talking about social networks with like Facebook and Twitter and everyone's angry all the sure. time uh, with those. How are you able to maintain the level of positivity that you have when it seems like the rest of the world isn't as excited as you are about that thing? That's a, that's a great question. Um, the, one of the, one of the short points is, I don't know how familiar you are with like self, uh, self-evaluation, self-realization and like, uh, the strengths finder tests, but with strengths finder, positivity is actually one of my top five. <laughs> so it is just something naturally, um, and that test, uh, tests you for things that are more how you're naturally bent and positivity is one of the strengths that it doesn't necessarily mean your head is in the clouds that can be a downside to it but uh, it does mean that you tend to look at everything and spin it towards something that can at least be beneficial if not uh, truly good and so so it's kind of a cop-out just to say that but I'd also I think it'd be foolish to to not say it, that it is a part of my natural bend. Um, I, I think one of the things that actually helps, and this might, this might be, uh, or sound counterintuitive is recognizing that we humans aren't as great as we think we are. And what I mean by that is I hear, I hear a lot of people say like, oh man, humans are just naturally good. Like we all want to do good. And there's an element of that that I understand, but then I had a toddler and I didn't have to teach her to tell me no. I didn't have to teach her to tell me that she didn't want to do stuff. I didn't have to teach her uh, how to throw things or how to like uh, just behave poorly. Some of that maybe she caught on from dad or mom, but a lot of it is stuff that it's like, I don't even know that you've seen that anywhere. And so I think, um, I think for me, and this goes to a more of a philosophical bend, but I think that we humans tend to actually be at our core pretty selfish. I don't think that's what we all like really want necessarily, but I think it's just naturally part of who we are. Uh, we have to protect ourselves. We have to protect our clan, our friends, our family, whoever that might be. But ultimately, no one else is going to protect ourselves. And a lot of us, I think, run to things that don't, especially during this day and age, uh, don't necessarily uh, 
deliver on what they promise. So things like social media, where you can say whatever you want and you will find people who affirm you and you will find people who uh, just crazily disagree with you. And you will find some level of satisfaction in the people who disagree with you because they don't know and you know, you know. So I I think that for me, recognizing that we all have this really... um, this really present inner demon that just wants to uh, wants to say nothing and no one else matters except for me and recognizing that that never truly fulfills anyone. I don't hear anyone on their deathbed saying, man, I wish I had more money. I wish I, uh, I was more famous. I wish, you know, it's always about, man, I wish I had spent more time with my loved ones. I'm, I wish I had made a difference in the world. Th- those kind of things. That's all outward and, and looking towards other people. So I think that that's what really connects us and, uh, and helps us as humans uh, is looking towards, the, towards what's going to help other people. And with a positivity strength in me, um, being able to share that is a big part. I mean, I don't, I don't care what your strengths are. You could be exactly the same personality as myself or KJ. You could be the exact opposite of one of us. But I, I really believe that every person has inherent value and that the way that you've been created, the way that you are naturally bent can be extremely beneficial to the people around you if you learn how to do that. Some people just pick it up naturally uh, it, it just flows. Other people, it, it can be really difficult figuring out what am I gifted at? Um, how can I actually serve people around me? What do I really want to do? Um, but so for me, it all comes from that core belief, honestly, that creating something that's actually going to connect people, creating something that's going to help people to focus on what's really important. Um, because I, even when I think back to just my life in this game of Hearthstone, I don't remember the games where random stuff didn't go my way necessarily. I might remember one crazy one, especially what I really remember are the accomplishments I've had in the game. When I hit that new, you know, high tier, when I really felt like I understood a deck, when my friend watched me do this insane thing, you know, and I think that that's true, um, in, uh, in a lot of capacities. So, you know, you say a lot of other communities, there can be a lot of negativity. People can really get, uh, especially in day jobs and stuff, they can really get down on the system, the politics, the leadership, all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, you look back on jobs and tend to remember the really sweet times, you know, when you had that coding night where you stayed up all night until you figured it out and you finally got that thing. And then uh, boss was really proud of you the next day or, you know, uh, or about coworkers that you really jived with and, and stuff. So, um, yeah, I know that that for sure was a long-winded answer, but, but it's a really big deal to me. I think it's, it's part of who we are as humans, not necessarily just, man, I want to make this video game thing a, a better place. Um, but it ends up being that in the niche that I've, uh, I've been able to be a part of essentially. You know, as you were talking about having that desire to to do something in the world that made me think of a book that I read a while back, uh, Start by John Acuff. Oh, I love and John Acuff. He's so good. Yes. <laughs> and and they were talking about the the like he talks about the timeline. And right now I'm just on the Amazon page, and here's his and here's in the description it says your 20s are a period of learning. Mm-hmm. Um, this is where you try a thousand things, explore a multitude of interests and discover what really motivates you. And then your thirties are a period of editing. And this is where you sort out your interests, where you discover what you care about and who you really are. Mm-hmm. 
And then your 40s are a period of mastering. This is the decade of narrowing your focus, honing your skill sets, and becoming an expert in your field. Uh, and then your 50s are a period of harvesting. Uh, that's where you reap the benefits of all of your hard work. And then your 60s are a period of guiding. And that's where you spend a decade mentoring and training others mm -hmm. in their road to success. And the thing that I feel like now is that I, I think that a lot of that is starting to shift downward. Mm. Um, I, I, I don't know. I was definitely in a period of learning. I mean, I'm, I'm only 29. I'll be 30 in like a month. Um, my twenties were definitely a period of learning, but learning a lot about myself again, learning, you know, what motivates me and, and who I am. And now that I'm in my thirties or about to be in my thirties, I feel like, I'm already wanting to get to that level of guiding and helping others at least get to where I am now. Mm. And I feel like that's something that, you know, as you're talking about wanting to, to kind of, you're kind of wanting to be that light that the community needs in, in, in all reality. And, and full disclosure for anyone listening, I actually support the Happy Hearthstone podcast. Um, and the reason I do that isn't because it's a Hearthstone podcast. It's because, you know, what, what Andrew's doing on his show is creating a source of joy in a community that has been struggling to find mm -hmm. it. It seems like it almost has like a junkie mentality of, okay, we just got that expansion. Life sucks until I get the next expansion. <laughs> and then I'm good for like a week and a half. And then life sucks again until the next expansion. And, and you really are able to put things into perspective. Do you feel like, and, and I don't, I don't know how old you are. I don't, you don't have to tell me, but do you feel like you were in that period of learning or editing in your life and with this podcast? hundred percent. Yeah. I'm only a few years down the road from you. Not, not many at all. Um, one thing that came to mind though, when you were talking about how things are moving down, uh, is that Though your 60s, I, I mean, from what I can tell, it seems like as you get older, you kind of take on this sage role, I've heard it called also, where you're able to really instruct other people and help them to overcome things that they, they might not be able to see on their own. I really believe that there's an element of that to everyone, that we always have something to offer the people right behind us, essentially. You know, So you think about the high schooler mentoring the junior higher. The high schooler has no, has barely a brain. You know, I, I don't know about you, but for me, I, I had no clue what I was doing in high school and I didn't have much. But the truth is, even when you're in high school, you have something to offer because you made it through junior high, you know, uh, and especially if you had a heart to help out other students, um, other guys, other girls, other, other people who are going through that really difficult phase, just being able to relate and say, man, you know, I remember when this happened to me. It helps someone not to feel like they're the only one. And so um, I, I think that we all have something to offer one another, but it's, it's, pr it's a pretty common thing that age-wise, the, uh, the generation that's just, just older has something to offer the people coming in right behind them. Um, to, to even say because of the proximity they have to those times, here's what I can see and say. Uh, now, I, I can tell you, I, I have... Uh, 
perspective on my high school years now that I'm 10 plus years removed from that, that I didn't have right out of it also. So that it, t- it kind of does get more and more valuable, but there's also a relatability that a high schooler has with a junior high that you and I might not have necessarily. So, um, so I, I, we all have something to offer. Um, I feel like uh, you know, I, I was really blessed that I got to take on this podcast and it be such a natural fit. Not everyone gets that opportunity. So I feel an even greater responsibility, honestly, to innovate, to create uh, things that are still in spirit with what the show has always been, but things that can create new opportunities that haven't necessarily existed. So we all have to think that with any measure of success or failure that we have, um, because uh, it's, yeah, it, that that honestly like is the definition of editing it sounds like where we're taking away the things that didn't work we're learning from the things that do and we're continuing to go 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 and uh hopefully improve as we continue definitely and and even with that that kind of takes me i guess to the last topic of the official podcast we still have an after show to get to which is going to be a, a blast <laughs> but uh the you mentioned that the podcast at one point was being uh, taken care of by a larger network. Mm-hmm. You had people that I, I don't I don't know the full uh, details of the arrangement, but I, I would assume that you had people that would look at sponsors or you had people that would look at even just covering hosting costs. Right. Um, when that disappeared, instead of saying, well, funding's gone for it you know, best of luck. It it was the longest running podcast. Now it's done. You decided to start trying to reach back to the community mm-hmm. and see if the community themselves would uh, arise to the cause and continue to, to lead this thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously, you know, uh, we talked, we talked like as you were, you know, getting the inner fire going and some of this stuff was happening. Right. But I, I wonder what gave you the courage to reach out to the people who enjoy listening to you and say, look, this thing doesn't come for free. You know, it comes with the cost and it's a very, literal cost there's a monetary cost to this there's also a time cost Mm -hmm. you know as as i do more editing for other podcasters and for content creators i start to realize like i spent all yesterday evening like i was taking care of my daughter up until bedtime and then after that i was editing podcasts until one in the morning and it's it's like I would, I would so much rather just be sleeping, mm-hmm. <laughs> you I know, than, than necessarily listening to someone else's audio. But at the same time, I understand that if I want to see the, my company get to where I want to see it, it comes at a cost. Mm-hmm. And you were able to effectively communicate that to your audience. What, what did you do? And, and again, what gave you the confidence to even ask? I think. It, it started with kind of that harebrained thought of, I wonder if, I wonder if this is even possible, you know, and the best business ideas start as wonderings. I wonder what would happen if this product existed, if, uh, if I created a restaurant like this, you know, whatever, whatever that might be. Um, and so I, I knew and listened to several other podcasts that did it, that had at least some amount of 
income that covered their costs or even created some amount of profitability for them. And so I thought, well, I, you know, I'm standing on the shoulders of giants because I didn't create this thing. Um, much of that audience building and stuff had happened before me. So if now people are enjoying what they're listening to, maybe there's a chance that they would want to get involved. Um, and I, I really legitimately did not know what to expect. Um, but I thought I'll always wonder if I don't do this. Um, to be frank, there wasn't a lot of uh, room to go down, essentially. Um, because th- that's the best place I, it, to be. It really is. <laughs> I had nothing to lose at that point because um, the the podcast network covered a lot of the mechanical things that I hadn't known up until that point, and they covered the cost of hosting it. But that was that was kind of it, pretty much. Um, and so they were great to work with and I, and I loved being able to do that. But in a way, when they decided to shut their doors and were generous to give me, uh, room to breathe on it, I created new roads of opportunity that said, I think that I could actually do more now. And so, um, a big thing for that, I, and I went down the road of Patreon of creating a, a place where people could give different amounts. Um, but one thing that was really important to me from the very beginning was that it was more than just a tip jar, essentially. And uh, for some people and and some of the shows that I support, uh, that I'm, I'm not able to really give much. And I get that everyone's at different places. But what I thought is if I can actually create true value for other people, then... Um, then even if I can just help a few people with that, great, you know? And I was, I was blown away that in the first day, I think the costs of the podcast were taken care of and we were well on our goal um, because the show had always been every other week up until then. Um, and people had always asked for weekly episodes and stuff. And I thought, well, if you guys want to make this worth my time and make it not as hard of an ask to my wife, honestly, to go jump in the closet once uh, every single week, essentially, uh, to record a show, um, then then we could do it. And the community uh, rallied around that and really wanted to do it. And so, um, yeah, that's... It, it it has to start with seeing what's possible. And, I, you know, I brought up strengths finders before. I guess that's a big thing to take away is if you don't know yourself, then you don't know how to um, how to leverage what's in you naturally to do what you want to do. Uh, we can't all do the same things, but we are all capable of great things, I believe. And so for me, knowing that uh, knowing that I, I think strategically and I think futuristically, uh, I can see what may not uh, what may not yet exist, but what could exist. And so I said, let's let's do this. And honestly, if no one had jumped in, I would have been perfectly fine with that. And I would have said the show's going to keep going exactly the same way it's been. I'm going to enjoy it, and it's going to be great. Um, but my my call to arms really was: if you guys want to see more of this stuff, if you want to see more of me, here's the here's the practical road for how we can get there. Uh, because I'm giving what I can give now, um, but I'd love to create more and we can do that together. So finding the right communication plan for doing that, uh, the right channels for doing it, and then the right means. Um, I, I've loved being able to create more content and doing a lot of it exclusively for people who are part of the inner fire, which is like my inner circle, essentially. Um, doing some coachings here and there and doing um, uh, what else? I I actually have even more in the <laughs> in the works right now. Um, but I'll, I'll keep that on hush, but, but yeah, lots of, lots of good stuff essentially for those people, 
um, it seems like it's really been a good fit. Um, and if they're enjoying the positivity, if they're enjoying somebody who creates, yeah, stuff that's, that's more about enjoying and growing, uh, then, you know, then we keep connecting with each other and world's a better place a little bit and that's worth it. <laughs> I, I love it. And I, I remember when I subscribed, like, that feeling that I had, like I had to, you know, I had to talk to my wife about, it. I was like, uh, so look, uh, I, I want to do this thing. It's not the cheap. Cause I mean, that's the thing is like, I, I, I tell people like, um, there's, you know, one of my favorite verses, one of my favorite Bible verses is a man's worth his wages, sure. yeah. you know, and that's something that I believe in. And I know that the the podcast that we're talking on right now the podcast that has been running on and off for five years now that has helped developers i i sat on the phone with a developer last night a member of the community a premium member of the community someone that gives their money uh to continue seeing this happen and the thing that they said was your take your voice your attitude on this industry is something that we need more mm. of. And I have to agree, which is why when I heard like, okay, hey, Andrew's trying to, you know, raise funds and, and get this podcast going, you know, I believe me when I say like your voice, your attitude, your take on this industry. And, and if you, if people listening are upset that we're talking about, you know, a video game, Swap out Hearthstone and put in whatever you want. Yeah, absolutely. We need more positive oriented, like we need more positivity focused discussion on the things that we're passionate about. Because if we don't have those things, eventually they'll no longer become passions. Mm -hmm. They'll be chores. Mm -hmm. And I don't know about you, but I don't like doing chores. <laughs> and... <laughs> and I mean, that's the, that's the thing with, with most video games, with most career changes, it, it gets to a point where, you know, in the words of Marie Kondo, it no longer sparks joy. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> like, and, and I think, I think to myself, like in my worst day, would I still want to go home and do this? Mm. And the answer is not always yes. I mean, that's obvious, but if I can't remember the last time that I wanted to do something, then I understand that there's a problem. And what I've noticed lately is that doesn't happen because we get tired of it. It happens because we get worn down by all the negativity associated with the thing that's around mm. it. So I, I say all of that to thank you so much again for being that positive voice, for being that, that beacon of excitement and joy and for allowing me to use my coaching time <laughs> to do this podcast. So well, it's my pleasure because we've been meaning to do it for a long time. Um, but uh, honestly, man, if one person is telling you like, like the guy who's giving to this podcast told you last night that your voice matters, that there's, there's purpose in it, that it's creating conversation or thought uh, that is beneficial, then I, I know you don't need me to tell you this, but it's, it's all worth it, you know? And I think that uh, 
if you're in a place, if you're listening to this now, and you aren't hearing that from somebody, don't take it as a diss to you that you can't do it. Take it as a spark of encouragement to say, what can you do that can lead to that? I, I recently went through the seven habits, seven habits of highly effective people, which is just an insanely challenging book for every human being. And one of the big points in there, one of the habits is beginning with the end in mind. If you want to make an impact on somebody, you have to think five steps ahead to what you want that end product to look like, and then walk your way back and think through how can I get there? Because it may be as simple as being kinder to a coworker. It may be as simple as taking ownership of a project that you know no one really wants to do. It, it might be as simple as coming home and actually doing those chores for your spouse or loved one because you know it's going to make a difference for them. Um, but regardless, you have to take some steps to move towards that. Uh, you don't you don't receive those words that are uh, honestly more fuel for the fire. So thank you for that. Um, but you don't get there without creating, doing, acting. And so choose one small thing that you can act towards today, um, whether it's in your industry or with somebody that you love. Uh, and make a difference because we're all capable of great things. And it very rarely happens just because we were sitting on the couch watching Netflix. Not that that's a bad thing, uh, but it happens more often when we say, you know what, I'm going to do this. I'm going to think through it uh, and I'm going to, I'm going to uh, make the world a better place. Andrew, thank you so much for coming on to the show. Before we wrap up and jump into our after show, let everybody know how they can find out more about the Happy Hearthstone podcast and all the things that you're doing. Definitely. So you can, uh, if you do like the world of Hearthstone, please come and hang out at thehappyhearthstone.com or you can search in whatever podcast app you're listening to right now for the Happy Hearthstone and it'll pop up. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Andrew is living, which I'm normally sharing uh, either Hearthstone related things or the latest brewery uh, that I've been to because I do like a good local brew uh, or or honestly mountain uh, mountain scenarios. I may be a little bit more indoorsy, but uh, I do live in a place where it's beautiful outside. So um, and yeah, that's really uh, that's really most of it for now. Awesome. Well, I got to give my spiel at the end of this. So as Andrew said, your voice matters. And that is what Pitt has been about. You know, uh, when we first started the podcast, uh, wow, back in like 2014 or something like that, I think it was 2014 when the podcast first started, we, the, the tagline was helping people in tech be more productive. And we, we very quickly changed that to helping people in tech be more. And we realized that while the show is called Productivity in Tech, it's more about having that positive feeling, that ability to say, I can do a thing. Not that I should or shouldn't do a thing, but I have the ability to. And providing the community with practical advice to do that. And if you're listening to this podcast once a week and you're getting that little dosage of positivity and motivation and you want more of that, we have ways that you can do that. You can come and be a member in our Slack channel. Now, we're actually going to be trying something new. If you know anything about Pitt, we're always trying new things. The Slack channel is going to be closing to new applicants at the end of the month. 
So right now, I'm going to actually, we're recording this on the 20th. It's going out on the 21st. So you have nine, 10 days to join the Slack channel. And there's a reason why we're closing it, because we're about to do a bunch of thinking, scheming, figuring out, building to create a community that works for its community members. So if you want to be a part of that, if you want to get that that dopamine hit of encouragement and excitement, you have, absolutely have to go to productivityintech.com, sign up for the newsletter, and when the newsletter comes out later this week, it's going to have a link that invites you to the Slack channel. If you do not do that, I cannot guarantee that you will be able to join. <laughs> so if you want that, go productivityintech.com. On the, on the front page, the newsletter field's right there. It's the biggest thing you can see. Sign up today. And of course, if you are doing something and you need some help with that, if you're doing a podcast, if you're doing video content, if you're trying to write in your blog, if you're trying to do newsletter marketing, or you just have an app and you want to help tell the world about it, then consider becoming a client of Productivity in Tech. One of the things that we focus on is helping get that message across. And we don't do it in a way that is cheap or inauthentic. We look at who the audience is. We look at who the, the presenter is. And we make your voice, we amplify it. You know, a lot of people talk about when you're editing, you're, you're modifying things. We're not trying to modify your voice or what your message is. We're just trying to amplify it so that your community gets the best of you possible. Again, all that information, productivityintech.com. And we do have premium memberships, but I've already done enough proselytizing right now. So I am going to now thank the people that helped make this podcast a reality. Thank you to Nadir Mawali for the use of his music, a hustler in spite of myself for the intro and outro music. Thank you to Icon Pro Audio for the generous donation of audio equipment. Uh, if you've noticed that it sounds better, let me know because they want to know. And of course, thank you to all of the premium members at ProductivityNTech.com. Go to the website, click the memberships button for more information on that. And for myself or Andrew and for Productivity in Tech, I am Jay Miller. I hope we have been productive. I'm not even going to say I hope. I know we've been productive. But now we are off to the after show. Again. All right. So now after show time, you ready? We made it. We made it. We so <laughs> at the end of every show, every at the end of every recording that I do, I normally I do this because I don't know the person as well on the other side, but I've learned that the best way to learn about people is to have them ask me questions. Mm. So I flip the host baton, I pass it on to you, and this is no longer my show. This is your show to ask me whatever questions you want. But wow. from this point on, the show is yours for as little or as long as you like. 
Well, this might turn into something because uh, flexibility is also one of my strengths. We've just gone through my entire uh, chroma of uh, strengths, so I'm ready to go, man. Um, Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, Thankful to have you here, KJ. Um, By the way, it's just Jay. Uh, oh, it's just Jay. I'm sorry. The K I've is always the... known you as KJ. That's my bad. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, I was like, I've never told him that it's just Jay. Yeah. Like, I think I the, running, the running joke on my personal website is it says the K is silent. <laughs> ah, I see. Okay. Well, very nice. That's... Well, Jay, I then I'll ask you my baseline question for just about anyone. Tell me, Tell me one thing that you've learned most recently that's made the biggest impact in your life. I think the thing that I learned most recently that has made the biggest impact is, oh boy, if we define recently. Um, well, it, it, so it can be something <laughs> on a personal level. It could be something developmentally for your for your work, for your business, um, but just something that has you thinking differently from how you were before. I think the biggest thing is people aren't going to establish value for you. Mm-hmm. And, and as, again, as a new business owner, I wanted to make it so that like, I've always been like, I want to make it so that my content is easily acquirable for anyone that wants to get it. You know, I, I charge, I provide senior developer level coaching at junior developer level prices. Mm-hmm. And what I learned in doing that is people assign value based on what you uh, based on the value that you assign yourself Mm -hmm. so what started happening was the people that were coming in at these lower rates they weren't providing the type of content or the attitude of like hey this person's going out of their way and doing this thing they were just kind of like oh hey yeah here's the thing you know can you get it back tomorrow okay great awesome and then it's like that's not how this works and Mm -hmm. I'm more valuable than that. And when I talked to several uh, business coaches, the one solution they said was, if you feel like you're more valuable than that, then you need to charge a rate that you feel equates to that value. Mm -hmm. And I still struggle with that because I I often tell myself whenever I assign a value, it's like, that's too much. And, and then people were like, Oh, that's it. And I'm like, crap, (laughs) I did it again. Um, So I I think that's the biggest thing that I've learned is don't, don't underestimate your own value. Um, Whether you're talking about monetarily, whether you're talking about uh, your value to other people in your community, whether they're talking about your knowledge or what you can provide for others, don't underestimate, don't sell yourself short. It's way too easy for all of us to do that. And it reminded me of a quote I actually saw recently from Amy Poehler um, because she was uh, directing a film, I guess. And somebody asked her um, what advice she would have for any other young female directors. And she said, do it even if you don't think you're ready. A lot of women wait until they think they're really, really ready for something. And I've worked with a lot of guys who aren't ready for what they're doing. (laughs) I think it's true across the board, like that for most of my life, I've waited until someone else said something about me for it to be true. 
or I've waited until I guess I've proven myself for it to be true. And neither are not are necessarily um, requirements to get there. So yeah, when you talk about your value, when you even talk about like dreams or something, you want to be a writer, you have to decide that you're a writer. You don't have to wait until you've written a number one New York Times bestseller. <laughs> you just have to decide this is something core to who I am and I'm going to make time for it. And, I, and this is what I do uh, rather than wait for the accolades that honestly uh, you haven't even necessarily earned, you know, so when you're moving from, yeah, the clients that you are, that you feel desperate for to clients that you really truly uh, see the value in you and you see the value in them, because that's, that's what we all want, right? We don't want to be working with people who are just trying to turn a dime. That's, that's why I'm not on Fiverr. You know, I don't, I don't want to compete exactly. with freelance. Um, exactly. Because I can't, there's somebody who will do it cheaper than me. And, uh, so I have to continue to hone my craft just like you do the same. And th then we do have to decide, you know, what that value is worth. And some people will say that that's crazy. Uh, you know, I, I actually meant to say this earlier when we were talking about, when you asked me about the positivity thing, I, when you first said that, I was actually thinking, you know, I bet a lot of people wouldn't believe that I've gotten several negative reviews on iTunes for my show, but I have. And the truth is that everyone, I, I feel, well, I don't know if that's necessarily true, but most people who have a podcast have had people who don't just not like it and unsubscribe because there are more people who do that, but they so dislike what you do that they feel like they have to go publicly and tell others and warn them about it. And you would think that a show that, yeah, is about the community and positive, maybe that wouldn't happen to, um, but I, I can't hide it because it's public. You can go and look at them if you want. Um, so... Even if there are people who are telling you something that's not true about yourself, you have to learn uh, to give them, to give their criticism the weight it deserves. You know, if this is someone you truly know and you respect their opinion, that's one thing. If it's somebody online who's just throwing shade, their opinion is valid because it's their opinion. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean I have to go hide in a hole or that what I'm doing is incorrect even. Um, I, I might have something to learn from it, but more than likely, if I've got 20 more, 20 people saying that I'm doing a great job as opposed to one who says I'm not, I'm, I'm just going to keep serving these 20 people really well. Now, if that flips, then you do have a problem. But, um, <laughs> yeah. You know, one of the things that, um, I've recently picked up on is, um, I use a tool called Basecamp. It's, a uh, super well-known uh, project management tool. It's designed for business owners to kind of have a, everything goes in this one area and it works. And uh, the, the team behind it is very quirky and they're very unique in their own business practices as well as how they promote their product. And one of the things that they do is they charge a flat rate, regardless how many people you have in your organization, how many people you have using the product. And it's not cheap. It's it's a hundred dollars a month. Yeah, that's a chunk of change. Yeah. <laughs> so in my mind, I was like, okay, uh, what can I no, we can't do that. And and it was so weird because I used it for like the free trial for a month. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, I was trying to come up with every reason why I didn't like the product. Mm -hmm. And I had this running list. Oh, it doesn't have this tie in. Oh, you can't do this with this thing. And oh, you can't. And at the end of the trial, I was like, 
how can I find a hundred dollars a month to continue to use this product? <laughs> and and that's the thing is luckily I found out they actually have a secret rate. Like if you're like a new business, they can they'll give you like I think it's like half off, but you're oh, limited wow. in what you can do. Sure. But still fifty dollars a month is still a lot of money. Yeah, it's still like, coming in for sure. <laughs> so but in my mind, it was easier to justify to uh, our chief financial officer, a.k.a. my wife. <laughs> so, and, and the reason I, I bring all this up is they talk about how they get hate mail all the time. Oh, your product doesn't have this. You're ripping people off charging this much. And, you know... One of the things that I have enjoyed about this product more than anything else is that it's very simple. Mm. And I I think about that. Like there is there are knife makers in like the Appalachian Mountains who take a week to make a knife. And it's a knife. It's not anything special it's not made out of any type of crazy steel or you know something there's not diamonds encrusted in it it is a (laughs) knife but the amount of care and the amount of attention that was given to the things that are there a sharp Mm -hmm. blade a balanced blade a, a balanced handle although it's very simple it is simple by design and there's a lot of attention that is given a lot of intentionality that's given towards maintaining that level of simplicity. Mm. And to me, those are the kinds of businesses that I want to support. Those are the kinds of businesses that I want to be. I want Pitt to be that. I don't I don't want to have to offer 75 different things to <laughs> be profitable. I want right. to offer like two or three things and that be it. But the attention and the care that I give to it is what gives it its value. Mm -hmm. And, and as we talked about in, you know, earlier, that is what gives your show its value is Mm -hmm. the amount of attention that you give to it. The amount of attention that you give to the community. I've sat here and watched you do like PowerPoint presentations on (laughs) like how to beat warrior. And, (laughs) And it's like no one, I mean, people were asking for it, but it wasn't something that people were going to be like, oh, well, if you don't do this, I'm not going to give you my money. It was right. your audience was asking for a thing and you cared enough to provide just enough. You didn't throw it up on YouTube and throw a bunch of ads on it and, you know, put a bunch of flashing lights and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. You kept it simple. You kept it informative. You kept it valuable. And, and again, I, I'm, I'm constantly amazed at what you're able to do with this community just by yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and if I could help you in any way, like always let me know, I'm, I'm happy to help. Okay, you've got it, man. <laughs> but I, I, I had to, you know, as we're talking about value and our own self value, um, the people who are going to hear this are the people who have said, Pitt gives me so much value. I want to give it my money. Right. And I said, the Happy Hearthstone podcast gives me so much value that I want to give it my money. (laughs) So I feel like the things that I'm feeling, I'm hoping that they're feeling as well. Mm. But the things that I would have wanted to hear starting out as a podcaster, starting out as a developer, starting out as a business owner, 
I, I want to take time to say those things as much as possible because mm. like you said, people are more than happy to go out of their way to spew negativity towards what you're doing. And it's not because you're doing it. It's because they're not doing it. Mm. Like it, it all comes down to values at the end of the day, you know? Um, and I don't like, there are some values that I guess could be, um, that could be so negative that they probably aren't the best ones. But if you're looking at, at most humans and what we value, whether that's community, hard work, uh, integrity, um, whatever other, you know, fill in the blank, um, responsibility, self-control, all that kind of stuff. Uh, we, we all have them in different places but you end up connecting with people based off of those values not necessarily because of the things said polish does help and some people probably um some people value polish on a on a higher level but you and i are in the same place where it's more about the heart behind what's happening or what's being said rather than you know do you have um do you have the glitziest equipment or do you spend 20 hours in a, you know, sound booth? Good Lord. I, Don't talk I, about my equipment. It's new. <laughs> <laughs> you do have some good stuff, man. Um, I mean, but, but again, even that it wasn't because I said, you know what? I'm a big shot podcaster. Right, Let right. me go spend this money. It mm-hmm. was, it was, Hey, I happen to know somebody that works in an industry where I can get, equipment that I need at a discount. Yeah, yeah. And they also had a need. So I said, Hey, how about I help fill that need? And they said, okay. And then sent me a bunch of free stuff. So like I, you, you have to be able to take that shot. And again, if you're sitting there waiting for the shot to be perfect, like that, right. that's, that's the difference between like professional basketball players and the people who are like professional at like the YMCA, mm-hmm. you know, when you know, it does, oh, go ahead. This weekend, I we hosted uh, my family because my wife's uncle passed away, and mm. I have not had a funeral until this one where I had really connected with who was being honored, and I had only known him for uh, a couple years, I guess. So it wasn't some deep, long-standing connection, but he's just one of those guys where it does not take many conversations to feel his care very deeply for you. And as I was reflecting on it, as I was hearing his son talk, um, as I was talking with him at the house one day, he just kept coming back to, you know, I've always said it, the the love you give is the love you get, or what you give Mm -hmm. is what you get. Both things he said over and over. And I've really been thinking about it a lot lately. Um, it's, It's so easy to demand something from someone else. It's another thing to give it to someone before they've earned the right to have it. But Mm. I think about the men who have made a significant impact in my life. I had done nothing to deserve either the words, the affirmation, or the responsibilities that they passed on to me. They gave it to me before I deserved it. And those things caused me to rise to the occasion and and to honestly determine who I believe myself to be. And I think you have to do the same for yourself, that instead of demanding that you are something or demanding that, or excuse me, demanding that other people see you as something, you just be that something to begin with mm. and offer who you want uh, the rest of the world to be to you. I mean, it's, it's the golden rule that we all know to do to others is you to have them do to you. But actually doing that is freakishly difficult. 
it's re- like I, I, Jesus said it to his disciples that like, who are you if you hate your enemies? Like everybody hates their enemies. Uh, but I say to you, love your enemies. And it's like, that's actually really, really difficult. It's one thing to say we should all be tolerable. It's another thing to say you are actively fighting against me. And yet at my core, I still love and appreciate who you are. And that's, uh, it's tough to do that. I'm getting on all sorts of soapboxes. Dude, but, you're preaching. I love it. But, I, but I, I, sincerely, like if you're in a place where you're starting something, you wish you were somewhere that you're not. Just take one step towards being who you think uh, you want to be or you think that you are. And don't wait for someone else to call it out of you. Believe it to be true of yourself and look to help others. I mean, going back to what we talked about with uh, you don't have to wait until you're 60 to help somebody. That doesn't just qualify you. Help the people that are around you who are one step behind you because... Uh, unless you are starting a craft on day one, you have something to offer to other people, whether they're right in your neck of the woods or on the pit uh, Slack channel or whatever the case may be. I think even if you are on day one, there's still something to offer because as, and, and this has been, this has happened to me recently where we had, we had a new member of the Slack channel uh, join and I was actually, I had reached out to them on Twitter and said, hey, why don't you join the Slack channel? I know you're trying to learn uh, Python and I'm a Python developer and we have other Python developers and we'll be more than happy to help. And when they joined, we do this thing every Thursday where we say, hey, let's like everybody shout out what you're working on. Just the stuff that you've learned this week, the stuff that you're doing. And they mentioned something that in my mind, I was like, I can't remember when I learned that thing, but I do remember the feeling that I had once I knew how to do it. Mm, It was like, when, when, whenever I, whenever I had to stop and go like, when it, it became second nature to me and I've noticed that more and more now where it's like things are becoming second nature that you tend to forget how much it actually took to get to that point. So when someone is on day one, uh, one of my favorite tweets that uh, someone put out, there's this uh, hashtag called 100 Days of Code. And someone had posted like, hey, I love that everybody's doing 100 days of code and everybody's trying to learn this thing, but don't post about the stuff that you're learning at the very beginning. It's not helpful to anybody or whatever. And like, mm. I, I I like jumped down the guy's throat. I felt bad. <laughs> I was like, no, you tell people. Like if you wrote Hello World today, you tell them you wrote Hello World today. Mm. Because the thing is, no one's going to write Hello World the same way that you wrote it. And no one's going to learn it the same way that you learned it. Right. And there's going to be something. There's going to be something that someone forgot mm. and or that they just never had a reason to ever learn. And they might be a years ahead of you, but the fact that you took the time out to explain it to someone who wasn't in that position shows a lot about who you are. And when you have people that are telling you not to, that tells a lot about the kind of person that they are. I wouldn't want that person teaching me how to code. Hmm. I wouldn't want that person, you know, being in my corner telling me, uh, cause I mean the person that's like, Oh, don't talk, don't celebrate your small victories. That's going to be the person that tells you, and eh, maybe you're not cut out for this. You should give up. Mm-hmm. Whereas the person that says, Hey, that thing that you just did, 
that's programming. Congratulations, you're a developer on day one. <laughs> like you didn't, it didn't take a degree. It didn't take this crazy thing. All it took was you saying, you know what? I'm going to be a developer or I'm going to be a podcaster or I'm going to be a business owner or I'm going to be a Hearthstone marketing guru <laughs> of sorts. Man, if you get there, let me know because I can learn a thing or two. <laughs> well, let, let's let's talk about that because I mean, I, I don't want to hijack your show. <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. But but yeah, I mean, we we talked about this a little bit like your your approach is something that is very professional but also feels feels very personal. And it's like, it's that kind of thing that businesses try to do and fail at all the time. It's sure. like, oh, hey, we're personal. And here's like our thoughts on this thing. And it's like, no, the way that you do it, you're like, well, I played this deck. I got my butt kicked, <laughs> but <laughs> here's what I learned from that. That happens all too often. <laughs> you know, so yeah, like what... Like why why a new okay first of all why a newsletter to go with a community and a podcast because I do some I do the same thing but I, I want to know why you thought that was a good idea for you. Um, well, honestly, so so the the gut level honest thing is that there's a guy who's in the community who came and was on the show who actually he approached me so we'd done an episode together he was a nice guy he was from uh, New York originally and ended up in England and uh, or Spain. I can't remember somewhere in Europe. And, uh, and one day he just hits me up and says, Hey, have you ever thought about having a website? Cause I didn't even have a website. I had, I had the pod bean, uh, hosting website. Um, and he was like, have you ever thought about doing that? I was like, ah, yeah, but I really don't know how. And I, I would want to do it well. And he was like, well, I could do it for you. I'm like, yeah, I, I don't have like any money. I, I don't think I even had the Patreon <laughs> at that point. So um, I, I was like, yeah, I, ju I just don't think he's like, I'll do it for free. It's like, you're um, and, and so there's that huge skeptical thing when somebody offers to do you something for free. It's like, is, is there value in it? You know, I know I just said I don't have money, but I'm also not sure that I want the freebie. Um, long story short, the guy is just insanely generous and knows his stuff when it comes to building websites and stuff. Um, he hadn't had as much experience until then in building websites for communities or gaming and stuff. He went on to start a uh, gaming sponsorship marketing uh, uh, business called Esportium. And uh, and so, yeah, he actually was the one initially who told me, hey, you need a newsletter. I'm like, why do I need a newsletter? I'm doing social media. I'm on Twitter. And he said, you just need to do it. Now, fast forward, and now I've been in, uh, I've been working for the company I work for for two years. I started out as a marketing generalist. I just did all the marketing for a single product. Now I, I've been uh, in a different role for just over a year as the email and customer data CRM manager. So now I know if you want a business, you need a newsletter. Because having a spot in somebody's inbox is way more valuable than literally anything else digital that you possibly could have. Um, because your chances of showing up on someone's newsfeed on Facebook are like less than half of a percentage point or something, I think, is the last stat that I read. Um, with Twitter, it can be a little bit better, especially since we have a really active community there. Um, but the email is something that everyone has. Now you've got to stand out, but being in there, I mean, 
I, I, I don't have all the time we need, but that, that's a very short Reader's Digest version is you just have to, because if you do that and you have a good email provider and you're creating good content on there, um, it can be really helpful. So, I mean, honestly, most of what I do on there is an RSS feed. So whenever I create content, uh, whether it's a podcast or something exclusive for the Patreon, uh, that uh, that email just shoots out a uh, reminder to everyone who's on there that, hey, a new podcast episode just dropped or I just put something on the Patreon. And most people who are on the Patreon get that notification in Patreon or they get a separate email from Patreon specifically. So really, I'm doing it just to remind people who are connected, who aren't a part of it yet. Hey, there's stuff that you're not getting. And I don't necessarily enjoy dangling a carrot in front of them, but you know, as well as I do, like if you don't tell people it doesn't exist, then they won't ever find out about it. And uh, for the people who just want to listen to the free podcast, that's great. And I hope they keep doing that forever. Um, but for people who want more, who find the stuff that I'm coming out with interesting and want to check it out, uh, they can come and hang out on the Patreon for a month or indefinitely, whatever it, it ends up being. But um, but yeah, email is definitely... I, I We could have done a whole show just about email because I'm obviously passionate because it's what I do day in and day out. My cat just bit my elbow. Sorry. Oh, that's not, that's not good for content's sake. On, I was Katie. like petting her and all of a sudden I was like, ah. I was like, oh. She heard that love your enemies bit and she was like, I'm going to, I'm going to test you on this. All right. Yeah, I guess. Well, and, and you mentioned something, you know, the, the idea of growth and, and that is something that I am wrestling with. And, and the reason I'm wrestling is I believe that you can grow out or you can grow up. And one of the things that I've been trying to do now, and, and this is the whole reason, like I said, why we're closing down uh, the openness of the Slack channel is that I I need to figure out, okay, right now our Slack channel has 52 people in it. Out of mm-hmm. those 52 people, about 10 of them are what I would call weekly active members. Sure. And to me, that number is too low. Mm-hmm. Now I, I have to be realistic and I, I can't, you know, I can't be like, Oh, well, I want it to be 51 out of 52. Like, I, right. you know, that's not going to happen, but I do think that there is a way to say, let me provide the content for the people who have already taken a step further in becoming a a super fan per se mm-hmm. you know you don't you don't just get a slack channel like you have to go to the link you have to fill out the form you have to like actually go in and do stuff right. so you were willing to to do that little bit of work and i need to figure out what is the next step in that and and that's where i've been really like just racking my brain about now I'm like watching the cat because she's like <laughs> you should be lurking, you know. They prove they can't be trusted. <laughs> exactly. But that's why I'm I'm trying to figure this out because I mean for me, I, I did the math and I even put out a post in our Slack channel that was like if I were to do podcast editing only to get to where I need to be to do this full time, I would have to work 60 hours a week just yeah. editing podcasts. And right. and that's not gonna happen. No. And if I just did video, I would have to work 80 hours a week. And like, these aren't numbers. These aren't numbers that I want to do. And if I'm honest with myself, I don't want to make newsletters for everyone. I mean, that's something that I do for a couple of my clients because they asked. 
And right. I'm actually hoping that it'll open the door to other things that I can do. But at the end of the day, it's like, I, I want to make an impact to the people who have said, you know what, this brings value to me. And I can't do that if I'm editing podcasts all day. And, and it's funny because the idea was, let me edit podcasts so I can get out of my day job because my day job is taking all the time away from me doing what I want to do with Pitt. But it seems like now the focus is, let me edit podcasts all day, <laughs> which will then be taking all the right. time away from what I could do with Pitt. So, it's a chicken or egg situation, right? And neither of exactly. them are actually where you want to be. Um, but I, I think you're doing a smart thing by closing the, the Slack channel because what you're saying is what I have there is good and it's, you know, it's, it's great that I've got people involved there, but I feel like there's more meat on the bone and I don't know how to get it essentially. Absolutely. Um, and so I, like, I'd encourage you with two things. One, it sounds like you're already thinking about doing, which is really listening to the people there and you know as well as I do that, especially when you create content, there are times when you really want to listen to people, but it's difficult to figure out how to do it because you can put a tweet out there. It costs you nothing and you can get tumbleweeds. And I, I, I do mm -hmm. the same thing too. You know, I'll, I'll get a thousand downloads a week or something. And, and still some, sometimes there won't be the interaction that I want. One person, you know, please tell me something, you know? Um, <laughs> But uh, so finding unique ways to create conversations is really important. Um, putting out the tweet isn't a bad thing, but it shouldn't be uh, it shouldn't be where it ends. So, you know, uh, massaging the Slack channel, even reaching out to people individually that you don't yet know and saying, hey, um, I, I just wanted to say I'm so thankful that you're a part of this. And I, I'd love to hear why you even joined this in the first place. And that's usually a really good starting point, And it's a really helpful piece of data. If that's all they give you, that can be helpful for learning how to onboard new people into there. Um, but then as you start to hear what their needs are and uh, maybe why they joined and, and things that they hope to get out of it that they haven't yet, you start thinking, man, maybe I can create something, a course or a book or something that's actually helpful to get people from here to there. Maybe I can create a different channel on this Slack channel where people can have mm -hmm. conversations specifically and I can ask them to actually lead those conversations once a month or something like that, you know? Uh, I think that we tend to, we really tend to uh, lie to ourselves when we say that we have to do everything, even when we're the one person behind the, the content, the business, whatever it might be, you know? Um, figuring out how to harness what people are passionate about in ways that the whole community benefits from that is good. And it ultimately helps the business's bottom line. Um, so that one, so the one pillar of like listening and figuring out how to listen is really important and key. And then the other thing is just trying stuff. And like, that's really my whole theology about marketing is that all marketing is, is trying stuff, learning from it and doing things differently based off what you learned. And it's just mm -hmm. that that cycle just continues on in infinite, infin, infinitum. I don't know what the, there's some smart word I could use anyway. <laughs> it, it carries on indefinitely. Um, and so like with, um, with you saying, Hey, I'm going to try this closing the Slack channel and really focusing on these people. Great. So then the question becomes, okay, what am I going to do that I haven't done yet? I think it's, uh, I think it's Thomas Jefferson who's actually attributed that, uh, quote, in order to get something you've never gotten, you have to be willing to do something you've never done. And I think about that all the time when it comes to marketing or, or business development. 
is that you have to have some kind of creative bend of saying, well, what could I do? Um, and I, I recently uh, read most of a book. I, I didn't finish it, to be quite honest, but uh, by Jeff Goins, who's, uh, who has a book called, uh, what's it called? Real Artists Don't Starve. That's what yep. it's called. And he talks about in there that um, figuring out how to steal from other people is really, really important for any kind of uh, creative endeavor. And like for me as an email marketer in my day job, the biggest way I steal from people is by looking at my inbox every single day. So I like I pay attention to why I open certain emails. I pay attention to why I unsubscribe from emails or click on emails or uh, you know, I, I turn around and I'm on some fatherhood email that I don't even remember. And I'm like, man, was there a contest I signed up for or what? But I really love this stuff. And so they got me, you know, from that. So um, so figuring out how to apply, man, this thing really captured me. Maybe I can apply it to my business in a different way. So, no, you know, I know that you give yourself a lot of shade, Jay, by like bringing on Hearthstone people and thinking, well, you know, I, this is kind of tangential, but there's a lot to learn here. But the truth is, man, you, I know that you're doing it. The, the reason you listen isn't just because you enjoy it. The reason you listen is also this guy's doing something I want to be able to replicate in what I'm doing. And, th and that's great. That's why I listen to podcasts, too, because I want to replicate what other people are doing, you know. So um, so learning from that and figuring out whether it's something directly that they're doing. Um, I didn't see anyone in the Hearthstone space who had an inner circle and I thought that's a very common practice for a lot of entrepreneurs nowadays. And though I can't necessarily replicate private coaching as much as I'd like to, I could do group coaching. And that's where like the um, the PowerPoint presentation you were talking about, that's where that idea came from is I think I, and I have a teaching gift, so I could put together some content that would really help people learn in a group setting rather than doing uh, what, what you were saying with podcast editing, I could do Hearthstone coaching for 60 hours a week and maybe make a full-time <laughs> income, you know, but that's not what I want to do. So creating something that's replicable, uh, that's, you know, from other people or based off of what other people, what I've seen other people done is huge. So, so that being said, what is it that you want to do? I mean, are, are you content? <laughs> oh, I mean, man. are, are you content just working as a digital marketer for a publishing company and then running a community at night, like some, you know, superhero vigilante Hearthstone <laughs> player. Like, I mean, is, is that like, I'm, I'm Andrew Brown by day, but at night I'm, you know, I'm Andrew's living. Hearthstone. Come on. <laughs> um, yeah, man, that's, man, that's the ultimate question. And I'm still trying to figure it out. I mean, my career path has twisted and turned in ways I absolutely did not expect. And I'm still at a place where, I mean, you talk about editing. Yeah, I, I don't know exactly where, where it ends. One thing that I have learned to find a lot of solace in is that developing my marketing portfolio is hugely valuable for me um, because people have been marketing since the beginning of time and they will be marketing until the end. And mm -hmm. so as long as businesses exist, um, content creators exist, nonprofits exist, like everybody is trying to get a message out there. And so marketers help people get their messages in a way that actually gets them heard essentially. Um, and so I, so I see it as valuable doing that at the end of the day, I'm not, I'm not hyper passionate about customer data and managing CRM and stuff like that, you know? Um, but it is a big part of what I do day in, day out. 
Um, and I, I'm not quite sure what the right goal is. I mean, at the end of the day, my family is what's really important to me. And uh, now that we have two kiddos and my wife has transitioned into full-time momming, um, my, me having a, uh, a reliable job really matters. So I think for now, I'm going to keep uh, working until that, um, what's it called? Uh, your investments uh, actually get uh, get all the way through. I'd say you're vested. You vested. Thank you. I got five <laughs> years to, to to get to that. So okay, that's I like at the end of the day, if I'm building my portfolio and getting there, that's fine by me. Um, even my boss has told me just flat out, and and with with all the respect in the world and and love and care, that Andrew, I know you shouldn't be doing this in ten or twenty years. You know, like I. I, I really value having you on this team, but I know you can't be doing this in 10 or 20 years. Um, I love teaching. I love communicating. Um, when I worked uh, with churches and ministries, um, that was that was one of the things I consistently received the highest feedback on. I think it's why the podcast ends up being so heart level is because I'm able to use the words and uh, and stuff that I, I just have the best words, you know, that's really what I'm trying to say. My words are the best <laughs> My um, words. I got, I got words for days. <laughs> um, so I, I don't know exactly where that's going to take things. Honestly, um, I would love to have some kind of a speaking platform, but I don't think that that's going to happen necessarily through Hearthstone specifically, you know, uh, there's, I, I think that there's still meat on the bone, uh, like, you know, like you were saying for your podcast, I think that there's still space for it. Um, but I don't know that it's ever going to necessarily be the full-time thing, but I am going to chase it as far down as it goes. And I'm going to keep trying things until I know for sure that it won't work. Um, and until then, maybe it will someday. Um, but outside of that, uh, you know, if I can, if I can help people grow in some capacity, even if it's just believing in themselves, um, I, I, I like to say that something that's really core for me is, is the art of being a lifelong learner. Uh, I want to be in my seventies and eighties and still learning something. I don't care if it's just a hobby that <laughs> I've never picked up before or, or something. Um, but I really think it's something that we can all decide every day to um, to pursue learning our craft or becoming more self-aware of the thought patterns that have us trapped that we even have no clue exist yet, you know? So, um, and I guess actually that's the last thing I'll say is counseling and mentoring has always been really key for who I am today and also something that I've always loved being able to provide for others. So whether that's actually being a professional counselor or a spiritual director or, you know, something, uh, I could see something like that being in the long-term future for me because um, I get a lot of joy out of it. And it's, uh, it's something that, um, yeah, that I, I've, I've done for a lot of people so far. So, you know, one of the things, like, like I said, I had wicked on, on the podcast. I think he was like, it was funny because I've, I've known him. Well, I've known of him since like before I had my own podcast, the disruption like I was days. listening to his podcast. Yeah. 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 Like I was, I was listening to disruption. I, what was it before or was it after? Cause wasn't it like transistor or something yes, like that? Yes. I think that? it was transistor or something first. like that. He'll have to tell yeah. me for sure. But so yeah, like I, I was listening since like then and you know, I asked him like, why don't you do this full time? You know, mm -hmm. you have, he has the technical ability to, he's, you know, the stuff that he's doing now with the data visualization, like, Oh yeah, it's crazy. Like if he had the backing of people, he could 
turn that into a full-time thing. Mm -hmm. And in his mind, he's just like, Hearthstone's going to fade one day. Mm-hmm. And it's like, he just doesn't want to invest in something that's going to fade. But I, I like how you're looking at it as this is practice for the thing that doesn't fade. Right. And and who's to say, because I mean, like you said, you're looking for something that's, you know, quote unquote, job security. Like job security isn't a thing. That's people true. Are getting, <laughs> yeah, people get laid off all the time. Like, yep. I mean, they're talking about us going into a recession and da, 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 da. And it's like, there's always something that makes you worry about your own job security. So why not get the experience now, get the backing now. Um, what's, uh, who's, uh, what's the author's name? He wrote so good. They can't ignore you Hmm. like work to get to that point because then it becomes harder for them to let you go. It Mm -hmm. makes it so that your security is easier. I was sitting there thinking as we were, as we were talking about, you know, shortening the the Slack group and trying to provide value, like, what could I do to make every member of the Slack channel want to pay me $150 a month? And in my mind, I was like, that's crazy. Like, <laughs> like nobody, nobody is going to pay me $150 a month. Right, right. But what could I do? that would make them want to do that, that would be in like in the realm of what I would like to do. Mm-hmm. Like if, if podcast editing is my thing, what can I do to make the $150 like podcast editing service? Or if um, just being a mentor and being a figure in the community that is creating content for those individuals what kind of content could I produce that would make them want to give me $150 a month? And mm-hmm. not not to say that each person writes a check, but each person refers me to a business to where I go speak, you right, know, right. for 10 times that, or I do coaching or whatever and and provide that value to them. And I have to be okay with saying if I want to build a community that everyone is willing to give me $150 a month, that community is not going to be very large. Right. And that was something that, you know, you mentioned earlier, like you have to have a newsletter. You have to have a newsletter. Um, are you familiar with the brand Fizzle, F-I-Z-Z-L-E? I'm not, no. Um, they're... They're kind of like, uh, hey, we built our lifestyle brand. You can too, but we're kind of real about it. And and I'll give them their props. They are very, very authentic in what they do. But the thing that I noticed with them is it always seems like everyone in the community itself has the has an answer, but it's rarely the answer that people feel like they know they need to hear. You know, everyone's shouting out the canned message. Oh, build your newsletter. Oh, you know, do this, do this, this. And and one of the things that I started doing was just saying, you know what? I'm going to just start giving the unpopular opinion about things based on my own experiences. So when someone says, you know, how often should I send someone an email? I was like, I don't know. Every time you got something to tell them, like, you don't don't sit on that stuff. Like, send it. If, right. if, if you have people that are willing to invest in you 
they're willing to give you their email address. Like, use that. Don't don't necessarily use it for ill-gotten gains, but when you have something that you want to share with your tribe, tell your tribe. Like, yes, yes. <laughs> be like hey guys, I got I got this really good thing that I want to tell you about, but you're gonna have to wait three weeks because my <laughs> you know my queue is full. Yeah. And 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 that's what I was thinking about with with Happy Hearthstone is you have a group of people that are willing to invest some amount of money into what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like you're trying to grow out. You're trying to say, okay, how do I find more people that are willing to do that? But would it be easier to not try to make those $1 backers $2 backers? And to make those $2 backers, $5 backers. And and not to say that you have to be constantly chasing like Sure, sure. Yeah, but but how do you how do you provide that value to who you already have? That's like that's like you saying, Hey, I feel like I'm a decent dad. Let's have another kid so that I can be a decent dad there. When when the other option is how can I just be a better dad? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, to the one kid me, I've got or the two kids I've got, yeah. Exactly. Like, that's that's kind of the mentality that I feel like I've been feeling is the right direction to start going down mm. as I'm getting older, as I'm sure. thinking more and more about the type of tribe that I want to mm -hmm. lead, but also turning marketing on its head because we're done with the days of all you need are a thousand people. Now it's all you need is a million people and an Instagram sponsorship and all this other crazy <laughs> stuff. And I just don't want to do that. If I'm, if I'm being sure. honest, I'm too lazy sure. to do that, but there's nothing wrong with saying, let me provide that ax. Let me provide that knife. Let me go out, spend a week and make a single product that's very simple that also people are willing to pay a lot of money for because they know the amount of care and thought that went into it. You have to know your audience. Um, I, I would say that anybody who's in our shoes would love to grow both deep and wide. You know, why not both? I want more people and I want the people who are here to to give more, you know, essentially. That, that made me think of that that song, like that children's song, Deep, deep and Wide. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Deep and Wide, oh yeah. And, and I think that's how a lot of people just assume that the biggest of the bigs got there. Um, the hard thing, though, is that there is no one-size-fits-all solution when it comes to a business or a podcast. Um. Even people in the exact same space, if there was... It would be out there and everyone would know it. But I, I like I can't even tell you how many um, blog articles I've read for how to start a blog or how to create a passive income from a blog or how to get affiliate marketing done as a on a blog and all that stuff. And everybody's got a million different solutions. Some of them are free. Some of them are five thousand dollars and like and it's all noise to a point, honestly. Um, but you have to determine what's best for your audience. Like for mm -hmm. me, I'm at a place with the people who are a part of 
um, the Patreon for the Happy Hearthstone, where I feel good about where the different tier levels are, essentially. Um, I'm telling everybody out there accessibility wise that if you want to get exclusive content that I create, you can get it at $5 a month. And the truth is like everyone can afford $5 a month. You know, you just, you, you pass on Starbucks one time and you got $5 a month, right? If you're so, playing Hearthstone, you can afford $5. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> I, there are no truly free to play players. You have an iPhone, you have some type of Android <laughs> yeah, exactly. device that allows you to pay $5 a month. How much you, you pay for you your can phone do it. Bill? So, so I look at that and say, if somebody is supporting uh, what I create and they're not at $5, there's got to be a good reason for that. Either their budget is such that things are so tight and they, you know, they are in at $1 or $2 and they can do that. Um, but to me, the, the change from $2 to $5, there's not a lot of convincing I feel like I can do, especially when I'm creating content every week that adds to that pool. If some, I, I had somebody recently ask me, like, you should do a free trial for Inner Fire people. And I'm like, look, you sign up for the Patreon and you don't pay until the beginning of next month. I'm, and I, I was much kinder than this, but really what I was thinking was, I'm not going to do a trial. You go sign up. If you really don't think it's valuable, then just cancel and then whatever. You know, I, I really don't care that you got access. That's fine. The free um, trial is the Discord channel that you can right, join for Right, free. exactly. Connect with people there. I mean, and the podcast to a point. I mean, I put that out every week with no mm -hmm. strings attached. I'm always going to tell people about the Patreon because I know people are... are discovering the podcast every week every month and want them to know that it's there because and and for some people it might be a good option whereas it wasn't six or six months ago or a year ago um but anyway that's a long-winded way of saying i feel like most of the people who are on the patreon are at a level that's good for them uh and there's not a lot of upselling i can do other than remind them hey for $3 a month more, you could be getting X or for $7 more, you could be getting Y. Um, so for me, the strategy does become, well, I'm creating content that's actually applicable for anybody who wants to become better at, at this game. And there are a lot more people that play this game than listen to my show. So that's why my strategy becomes more around what are the ways that I can then can increase the circle essentially, or partner with other people who have circles. Um, and so that's why I, well, I'm, I'm incredibly thankful in the Hearthstone podcasting space that a lot of us are, are friends and really do believe in the value of one another. It's not just a sleazy, you know, behind the counter business deal or something. Um, but we, we genuinely like each other and want each other to win. So even just the friendships that are born there are, are good enough. But I think that, um, the way that I'm thinking about growing things is, uh, how can I create? It's again, I don't know what the thing is about two things, but every time I'm thinking of something big, it's two things. One thing is, can I create something that's completely unique in this space? Literally, nobody is doing it yet. Because if I can, there's a good chance, and I do it well, there's a good chance that that could help me to stand out in some way or at least get some eyeballs on it. Because when things are unique, when they're new, uh, they generate excitement and attention. And then the other part is leveraging the relationships 
uh, whether they're people who listen to the show, people who are in similar spheres of space but don't have necessarily a competing product, um, where we can work together to get something that's valuable out there. I really believe that referrals are one of the strongest ways to grow a business. And I don't have a lot of experience, so I'm not speaking on a pedestal by any stretch. I just know from my experience that I believe people who really um, who will throw their weight in uh, and recommend a product. And I see it done authentically through relationships in a good, healthy way, typically. I can tell when somebody's purchased an email list or purchased an email and they say, hey, look at my friend that I've never mentioned before, you know, and... I'm like, ah, yeah, I, I don't, I don't think this is really something. But then when I see the relationship forged over time, whether that's on social media or it, because I'm in conversations with those people and stuff, then when they say, Hey, I've seen what they created and it's really worth your time. It's worth your investment. Then I, you know, I, I really want to go and do it. And I'm sure there's a referral behind it, but I'm okay with helping and, and doing that. So, and it's great for the business owner because referrals mean you're giving them part of the profit you were getting in the first place, you know? So, um, mm -hmm. I don't know if that tips my hand too much, but, um, but, uh, but yeah, that's kind of, that's why I'm thinking about, um, about widening and stuff, because I think that there's, I, I'm not the only person who is known for being positive in this space. Like Regis Kilbin is a great Twitch streamer who a lot of people love because he's just a happy guy <laughs> and he gets on his stream and he plays wacky decks and he's having a good time and it doesn't really matter if he's winning or losing, you know, um, I think initially people were drawn to disguise toast because of similar things. And, you know, he's moved on from Hearthstone, but uh, streamers, podcasters, whatever it might be. Um, there's a, there's just space for, there's still space for new things and new products, I think. Yeah. And, and we'll have to, we'll have to cut it short. Cause it's, it's we're hardly cutting it short, but I, yeah, I, <laughs> I'm going to keep going until you tell roll. me to stop. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, 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 no. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I, I think that both, like you said, both avenues are right. I think that there are going to be markets that go deep. There are markets that go wide. Um, the thing that I think about more and more, and I, I added a link to the chat here. I actually added a bad link and then the right link. Oh. <laughs> so the second one. Um, it's it's a product called um I want to say it's Emerge, but it might be Emerge, I don't know. <laughs> um, Probably Emerge, yeah. Or Emerge. That's what I thought. Yeah. Um but the creator of this product, her name is is um uh, why am I I almost want to call her Molly, but I know it's not Molly. It's Emma Wesley. Um, she reached out to me on Twitter. And like I found this in like Product Hunt when it launched and signed up. And she connected and said, hey, I want to figure out how I can best serve you. And that's something that made me immediately think of happy hearthstone because mm. that is when you started doing your you know the the hour of of teaching it it was how can i best serve the inner fire doing this thing right. and and i think that's the only reason why i i tend to want to lean towards deeper versus wide because i can't be everything to everyone 
And I don't know if this is me wanting to defend my own fragile, you know, mind state, but I have an audience that already is appreciative of what I'm doing. For sure. Yeah. So why would I not want to do more for them? Yeah. With, with the understanding of as I do more, I will need to be compensated more for it. But, and, and then to also know that there is a critical limit, like, you're, I, I hope that people aren't paying you $150 a month um, for Hearthstone tips. Um, <laughs> right, exactly. I feel like they're yep. doing it wrong at that point. <laughs> but but there, there are so many things. Like, again, I paid $25 a month for this conversation. I've been paying $25 a month for like, what, four months now. Right. If I do the math, that's $100 for an hour and a half coaching call. That was absolutely worth it. And if I'm thinking about how much I would normally pay like a coach, it's like, like my coaching rates are $150 right, an right. hour. <laughs> like, so that's, that's what I mean by figuring out what, figuring out how to make the $1 people $2 people, because obviously you're willing to give more than you're currently charging. Like you're giving, what you're giving is worth more than what you're charging for it. Right. And if you can figure out a way to make that apparent to your existing audience, I think one, they're going to want to recommend you to new audiences, but that's going to give you the ability to win Hearthstone inevitably like shuts down its servers or whatever, five, 10 years from now, you'll be able to take that tribe with you. Like I said, I've known wicked good since, the transistor days or the right. disruption days. Um, I didn't even know he had a Hearthstone podcast until I was like digging through them. And I was like, Oh, Hey, it's, just, you know, it's, it's Steve. <laughs> I know this guy. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, so for me, it's like building those kind of relationships withstand the, the test of time and withstand the inevitability that, Hearthstone won't be here forever and Blizzard mm -hmm. won't be here forever. If Blizzard keeps doing what they're doing with Activision, they definitely won't be here forever. That's but <laughs> but I'm I'm no longer concerned with how do I grow my audience. Mm. I'm concerned with how do I grow my audience, if that makes sense. I, I think it comes in waves, you know. There yeah. are times where it's really good to uh, I mean, when you have five listeners, you really want to grow wide because you, you want a f you can do more than five, you know. Yeah. But I think you're you're at a really critical place where learning how to do those relationships well is way more important to you than building more people coming in coming in the doors necessarily. And as you learn to do that well, then I, people will naturally be drawn to it, and you will start to grow wider. And then you'll start to think as that grows wide. Okay, I have to be able to replicate myself. For so, what does that look like? You know, it's different waves, it's different seasons, and when you're in the driver's seat, you have to be in touch with what that is. You can't just get behind a mic, throw some stuff out there, and hope people are listening to it, and then it, that doesn't work out for your benefit or that, anyone's benefit. No that's one my game plan, though. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> like, I don't think that's so. That's what man. I do I, every week. <laughs> I've listened to your stuff. It's not like that. Um, and, and so it's it's just being cognizant of. Let me be willing to uh, to do something and to try it and learn from it. It comes back to the digital marketing thing, you know, but you're doing that, man. And for, for anyone who's listening wherever you're at, 
whether you're developing a podcast or just getting better at your craft, um, thinking about, hey, do I need to take on more projects or do I need to get better at what I do? Um, you, you just have to be in touch with where are you at developmentally and what is going to be the right next challenge and what inspires you. Um, because there are times where, you know, the inspiration can come from different things too. Dude, this has been so valuable. This has been a great conversation. Thank you. And uh, I expect the same time next month. Absolutely. 100%. <laughs> and Andrew's going to be our, our, like, once a month we have Andrew on the show to talk about <laughs> stuff just because I paid for it. So hey, I would love it. And, and seriously, it's helpful for me. I know um, I as as much as I, I love to talk, I can sometimes get really at the end of myself. And usually it comes from a result of externally processing to the point where I get to something I haven't processed yet and realizing, mm-hmm. golly, I need to do that better. So thank you for the opportunity for me to get better too, because this has been, uh, this has been hugely helpful for me. I'm, I'm thankful for, um, for processing where you're at and hearing what you're learning and, and what's been helpful for you along the way, man. Absolutely. And, and if you ever want to, you know, get together and do a, a, a podcast collab, let me know. I'm Oh, for sure. I mean, Hey, like I've that's, got you that's... on my guest list for Happy Hearthstone, so you're coming up in the next couple months. So okay, let me let me know. I'm I'm always down. It'll be great. All right, man. Let me stop this recording. Uh...